I'm Riley. And I'm Ronnie. And this is the Plan to Eat podcast, where we have conversations about meal planning, food, and wellness to help you answer the question, what's for dinner? Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Plan to Eat podcast. Today, our interview is with Christina Gibson. She is the director of growth at Create My Cookbook. She's worked with Create My Cookbook since 2018, and she manages the activities that ensure their customers are able to preserve their family recipes and memories. Our conversation with Christina today centered a lot about the importance of preserving recipes, um, how to use their program to do it, uh, and we bonded over some Southern traditions and had a great conversation about our love of recipes. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, Christina. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. We appreciate you being here. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So we just want to jump right in. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and what you do? Yeah. So um, I work at Create My Cookbook. I've been with the company for about five years. I'm the director of growth. Um, and at Create My Cookbook, we help families turn their family recipes into the well-deserved cookbooks that they should be. So, you know, basically think photo books, but for recipes. So you've got, you know, all your family recipes and we're going to get those into a cookbook for you. So how does that work exactly? So people have their like grandma's cookbooks or, you know, handwritten recipes, and then they put them into your program and you guys create a cookbook for them. Like what's that process look like? Right. So most of the time people are starting with the recipe box. And this usually is inherited from grandma, not always. And we have a service where they can take pictures of the recipe cards. We type those up the front and the back. Um, and then they, we have an online designer that they use to create a family cookbook. Um, but there are many ways to get recipes from, you know, some families don't have a recipe box and they just have them from memory. So, you know, having to ask, you know, mom and dad and aunts and uncles for recipes. So we have a function for that as well. Um, and some people have recipes in a Google Doc, wherever your recipes are. That's not a problem. It's getting them into the, your online recipe box with us and then designing your cookbook which is, you know, laying out onto the pages and adding photos. Not every rest, not every cookbook has food recipes, uh, food photos, excuse me. Most of them have photos of family. So they'll include some pictures of grandma and the, the uh, nieces and nephews and things like that. So as far from the most simplest of terms, though, if you have family recipes, you can create a book. If you want to add photos and stories, then we can help you do that as well. That's really neat. It feels like something okay I'm thinking about when I printed like my wedding album I printed one for myself and I printed one for my mom and I printed one for my mother-in-law because I just thought that they would like them <laughs> and so I think that this feels like a similar process it's um you get to make it and then you can you can print as many as you want right absolutely um you yeah. can print as many as you want you can make different variations what we often see is you'll have you know You'll make your first book and it's the family heirloom piece. Um, and people will, they'll print a copy for everyone in the family. We also see people go in and make variations. So when someone gets married, they will kind of pick a handful of recipes to kind of like as a wedding gift. Or, you know, you'll have, for me, I have the Gibson side, which is my husband's side. I have a cookbook for them. And then I have the Riley's, which is my side of the family. Um, and I have recipes from them. And then eventually one day I'll make one for my daughter, which will include both recipes. So once you get the recipes in the recipe box, you can do lots of different things, uh, just depending on who you're gifting to. Oh, that's really neat. Yeah, I love that. 
We wanted to have you on the podcast because we also love the idea of preserving recipes, preserving family recipes, and just like the memories that those things hold. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about like what it means to your customers to be able to preserve these recipes in the cookbooks? Absolutely. So when we think of a recipe, you know, at the simplest of terms, a recipe is just a list of ingredients um, and how to prepare that recipe. But for families, and when we talk about family recipes, it's really so much more. A family recipe, the really core of it is the story behind it. The person who created that recipe, why we eat this recipe, when we eat it, and how we celebrate it. And so for these families, when we're when they're creating a family cookbook, they're kind of reliving a lot of memories in the kitchen. And they're often reliving memories with mom or grandma. Um, and so it's a very... Um, it's a very emotional process for many of our customers. And so and, and we love it when it's celebrating the life of grandma, but it often can be done in, in, to celebrate and memorialize grandma. We, we see that as well. But yeah, so it can be, you know, great. It's great to have the recipe, but really um, creating the book is more about the memories in the kitchen. Mm. It feels like a, a bit of a healing process, maybe for some of your customers. It really is. It really is. We have, you know, I've seen this time and time again where grandma has passed and someone has inherited the recipe box and then they go to create a family cookbook. And, you know, for them, they're getting they're getting that one more chance to sit with grandma. They're they're in they're inputting those recipes, they're thinking about those those times, they're talking about the time that grandma made this cake or that pie or how oh gosh, how they loved it. And then what's really great, we take it a step further. Not only are they getting to relive that, they're actually getting to keep that alive for the next generation. So now grandma's not going to make pecan pie, but I am. This is going to become part of my story. And my story is going to be to teach my daughter that like, you know, my grandmother made this pecan pie for Thanksgiving. We now make the pecan pie. So we're keeping, you know, not only the memories, but we're kind of keeping the legacy of those family members alive. Mm -hmm. um, and so it can, it's a really beautiful process. Right. Yeah. It makes me just think about my own grandma. My own grandma is an amazing cook and baker. Uh, she somehow knows how to do it all. <laughs> and I can just think well, there are so many times when, you know, like I'm texting my mom or I'm texting my aunt being like, hey, something like grandma's recipe for, you know, those pancakes or for whatever. And it would be so much easier if they were just in a cookbook already. I need to get on this and just ask my grandma for her recipes and I come into a cookbook. Absolutely. I, uh, I'll tell you, it's a funny story. Today is actually my birthday. Um, Happy birthday. Was, what? Thank you. It is. So I was born on Thanksgiving day. Um, and so it's like, you know, it changes every year, Right. but my, like my birthday cake is pecan pie. Like it, every year I get pecan pie for my, uh, for my birthday. And it is, it is now like a funny running tradition of my grandmother. She passed a few years ago, but she's like, you're like, she's just, she was a seamstress and she would bake and she did all these funny things. Um, and every year she made, and I always like was a little bit of a brat about it as a kid. We had the Thanksgiving pecan pie and then we had my birthday cake pecan pie. So I always insisted that she made two. Um, and so... <laughs> Every year, um, I'm like, this is my, we would put candles in it and everything was my pecan pie. And to this day, like my husband will now make my grandmother's recipe pecan pie 
on my birthday. And so it's just like, for me, I have that recipe now, you know, it's easy access for him and it's a way for us to celebrate and kind of have fun with, with that and share it with my daughter. Cause she never got to meet her. And so it's like tonight, like we're going to have pecan pie and we're going to talk about grandmother. That's awesome. As somebody who also has a birthday near holidays, mm-hmm. um, you have to kind of fight for your right, you know? You do. <laughs> I'm, you just, do. I'm just playing, but you get to own your second pecan pie because absolutely um, birthdays around holidays get lumped together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just playing. I probably shouldn't say that as a 32-year-old woman, but I still want my own cake too, so. Yeah, you, you have to have you. your own pecan pie. Like, I'm not sharing yeah. it. Like, you can go have the Thanksgiving pie, but this is fine. <laughs> Totally. That's awesome. I love that story. And it really just connects. I mean, so, I mean, I'm thinking about my grandmother and, and things she's made me for my birthday because mine's close to holidays too. And there's a special aspect of having a birthday close to a holiday because you get to spend it with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's obviously some downsides of, you know, lumping them all together, but, but it is special because forever and ever, my grandmother also would make this chocolate pound cake and it was amazing chocolate pound cake chocolate frosting it's the best mm. it can't be reproduced though <laughs> because well one i live at a high altitude and it just is not the same right <laughs> but you it just it never tastes as good as when she made it um i think some of that it was just like that heart memory of just like the way that her making it was so special you know absolutely uh, so i love that story that you have that's so similar to mine i agree and it's so crazy and that a joke but it is interesting how I think things taste different in different environments. And I, and I have a joke. I'm like, it's the water. Like, so when you bake, I'm like, it's that, you know, like we have that good Southern water. But it is something about that person making it. Um, and you try to get as close as you can, but it's never exactly grandma. But, you know, we can, we can get really close. Yeah. I mean, you know, baking is supposedly the science and everything has to be like perfectly measured. But I don't care. I can't make it the same way she made it. Yes. Even it's if also, I measured it. Yeah. When you make it yourself, like you had you to do all that work. But when grandma did it for you, you're just getting to enjoy the fruits of her labor. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe it tastes better when somebody else makes it. But like, I'm not I'm not a baker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have your husband make it and see how you like it. <laughs> there you go. That's a great idea. <laughs> so are you a Thanksgiving baby or a uh, Christmas baby? Well, my birthday is in a little less than a week. So um, oh. Thanksgiving. So I mean, you know, I wasn't going to say that because yeah. I didn't want to take away from your birthday at all. That's okay. <laughs> you can have you can have some of my pecan pie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> so when we talked to you before, one of the things that I really loved that you brought up um, was the idea of, you know, not only preserving recipes and memories, preserving recipes for preserving their memories, we also just talked about actually physically preserving memories, right? Because grandma's handwriting eventually like that, those pen strokes are going to disappear on the paper or like potentially something terrible is going to happen and you're going to lose your recipes. Um, you mentioned talking about like Hurricane Katrina and your own family's experience with that. I really love for you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when it comes to creating these books, there is, it's so important. Often if we don't have grandma who's written it down, you know, if she passes and that, that, that recipe, that memory, that tradition is gone. Um, but let's just say, even if it is written down, you're still kind of at a risk and have been from the Gulf Pogos and, and was a child of Katrina. 
Um, you know, we all just witnessed and, and we lost so much. And we often lost the paper that Grandma handwriting had written, had written all these, you know, recipes and the photos and things like that. And so for me personally, it's a big passion of making sure that we have these things documented, making sure, you know, I love when families include photos of the recipe card. So you'll have the top of the page has, you know, it typed up beautifully and the bottom is the photo of grandma's handwriting and it's her card and it's digitally preserved. You know, we have print books also having it digitally preserved is so important because Unfortunately, we do live in a world where there are hurricanes and forest fires and house fires. And once you lose those things, they're gone. Um, and it's really hard to give them back. Um, and yes, when I was when I was in middle school, we had Katrina and, and you know, there was a good bit of loss there. Um, and I've and interestingly enough, my parents now live in Texas and they moved there, retired. And um, my mom had a bunch of photos and recipes um, and then Harvey hit and they lost, mm. they had again had flooding and all those things were lost and it was really hard. Um, luckily we did have our recipes preserved. We had most of the photos back up, but we did lose quite a few that you just, you don't get those back mm -hmm. and that's hard um, and it, it's sad. And so you want all families to kind of have that. And we kind of have uh, our CEO, Brian, he's always saying, he's like, I really don't care how people preserve their family recipes, whether they use us, don't use us. It's just so important that they do mm -hmm. uh, because we see, you know, it, it, from a historical standpoint, from a family standpoint, um, you know, it, it, it's just so important. Mm -hmm. There, I don't, I'm not a super nostalgic person, but there's two things that I'm very nostalgic about and it's photos and recipes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so like when I think about that kind of experience or that kind of tragedy happening, it's like, those are the things I'm going to go and grab if I even can. Because, you know, sometimes you don't have an opportunity for that. And so I love that this it's a program that really allows for that and allows for family photos to be included and recipe card photos to be included. Um, you know, at Plenty, we love digitally preserving people's recipes for the same reason, just because... Right. It's a digital copy. And so if something ever were to happen, uh, you know, they can go back and print another cookbook out of Create My Cookbook. They could have them digitally saved somewhere else, like just doing that so that those things are not lost um, so that you can pass them down. Um, right. and that's a really special thing that we get to do for people. That is really special. And I love that you guys are, we, kinda, we share that mission. We share yeah. that um, mm -hmm. understanding of the importance for people. And people don't realize how important that is until it happens to them, unfortunately, until they're the ones who do. We all live in that mindset of that could never happen to me. And then when it does, then you realize, you know, it's gone. Like there's nothing you mm. can do, but then you realize exactly how important it is. Mm. Yeah. So on the Create My Cookbook website, you guys have a great blog that has lots of different recipes on it. Who's the person who writes all these recipes for you guys? So this is the, these recipes are submitted by our users. They are true community recipes. You know, we ask people, you know, if, you, if they don't have to, but of course, if they want to share one of their family recipes, we will post it to the blog. And it's great. Um, you know, what I love about this is these are these are recipes that aren't created in some fancy kitchen. These are recipes created with love in a kitchen with grandma or with mom. And, you know, they're real, they're real family recipes. Um, they're not perfect. They're not, they're not, you know, they don't, it, it is a true 
in the it's like a, it's like a window into someone's life it's a window into their kitchen when you get to see these and that's what i love about them i've actually created quite a few of them i think they're wonderful and they're great um, but it's also really fun to create a recipe from one of our users and get to see like how things are differently done in other families um so that's i really do love our our, our the recipes on our blog the holidays really highlight the differences in the way that people make things differently i think especially um if you're married or if you are you know you have a close family that you have thanksgiving with some kind of relationship where you're having thanksgiving or christmas or another holiday meal with another group of people because what they want to have it is not what you want to have so i'm i'm from the south just like you are and my husband is not and we just got back from thanksgiving with his family and they like pick on me for the things that I want to have at Thanksgiving or they make fun of it or think it's weird. And I think the same thing about what they have. Um, I don't know what that is or why you're eating it. <laughs> and so it's fun. That, I love that, though, because you grow up in this family and you think that this is the right way, quote unquote, right way to do a holiday or do a recipe. Um, but it's not necessarily the right way. There's other recipes that are just as delicious. It's just not the way you grew up doing it. <laughs> It is interesting when you get married. So um, my husband and I were high school sweethearts and, but we're from like, we're from Mobile County and like on the goal, but I grew up a little further North and his family. And so I remember going to his first Thanksgiving and I thought Turkey, like that's what you have at Thanksgiving is Turkey. No, not in Battery, Alabama. Battery, Alabama, you have gumbo. That is what you have on Thanksgiving. And so I got there and I was like, I'll get you a bowl of gumbo. And like, what? <laughs> And That's I do like funny. gumbo, but I just don't think of it as Thanksgiving. So for your husband, did he have stuffing or dressing? Stuffing. Oh, what is wrong with them? I know. It's dressing. What are you about, Ronnie? Okay, you're you're you we are... have stuffing. We have stuffing. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm the uh the odd person out over here because I grew up in Colorado. We have stuffing. Is there a difference yeah. between stuffing and dressing as far as yes. how you make them? Yeah. Stuffing is like dry pieces of bread. Yeah. Well, stuffing, Dress- so stuffing <laughs> is like actually stuffed inside of the turkey right. is yep. dressing made outside of the it's turkey. made outside of the turkey yeah okay yes. interesting i've yeah. never it's had it i don't think dish. i've ever had it that way because we always just take it out of the turkey and eat it that i'll way. make it for you <laughs> yeah it's 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 amazing and it's also made i think i think stuffing is made from like white bread we make dressing from cornbread yeah like okay. you make a pan of cornbread and then you at least yeah. my family, we let it dry out overnight and then we break it up and then we make the dressing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some people have stuffing. I didn't even know that was a thing until a few years ago. I was like, what are these people entering stuffing? And okay, well, I was today years old when I learned that stuffing and dressing are different. So don't feel bad. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, it's too oh. funny. And they, this is the this is so fun though to me because I mean, you can kind of make, you know, I got picked on at Thanksgiving, so it's fine. Because I'm a cranberry sauce out of a can kind of person and not a cranberry relish person. What about you? I have oh. no idea what cranberry relish is, if I'm okay, honest. Well, wait, is cranberry relish the one that's like a little more chunky and it's not the like gel? Because I like, I like the gel out of the can. Me too. It's exciting. Yeah. We all at least that's until, what we grew up eating. Yeah. So cranberry relish, I just made it with my mother-in-law, is cranberries and sugar and orange zest or orange rind, maybe whole orange. I think we put in whole chunks of orange and you pulse it together like with a food processor. Oh. And it's like a fruity, chunky, fruity salad thing. Mm. (laughs) 
It's a relish. It's mm-hmm. essentially, it's relish, cranberry relish. The same texture as like pickle relish. Oh, interesting. But it's cranberry oh. and oranges and sugar. Um, and so, th- yeah, so my husband's family does cranberry relish. I do cranberry sauce out of the c- can and all of its gelatinous glory. <laughs> we have, uh, I love that you just said gelatinous because there were the jello. Do you know how many recipes we have with jello? It is like, I know first started, I was like, oh, I had no idea. And you see it all the time. We we ran, we just for fun one day, we were running numbers on we have like over five million recipes have been entered and so our fact is so we're like okay like what are the most common and some of the funny things that came out of that study were the most common author name for a recipe is mom and not like the name not no just mom that's what people enter mom um and then we had like over fifty thousand recipes with the ingredient jello and i was like wow i knew there were so many uses for jello that's so fun well, That's see, funny. that seems like a very Midwest thing to me, right? Like Midwest families that have all of their different Jello fruit salad things that they eat for different holiday occasions. We have a couple of those in my family because my family grew up in Kansas. But um, wow. I've, I have friends who are like, oh, you don't not have the Jello salad when you have Thanksgiving. What? That's crazy. I mean, I've actually never tried it, so I can't. Again, it's one of those things when you haven't tried it, you can't judge. But yeah, um, I mean, I also really like. I I live off grits, and you you're shocked when people don't know what a grit is. I'm like, do you guys want some grits for breakfast? And they're like, what? I'm like, oh, it's delicious. We have it every day. <laughs> and okay, see, I'm living. I I live in Colorado now. I'm not living in the South, and. These kinds of little surprises to me are so, I love connecting with you over this because, yeah, I have to explain what grits are and I don't really feel like they're explainable, um, oh, but, but they're so it's good. fun. It's funny. It, it is fun. The only thing that drives me crazy about grits is if you go to a fancy restaurant, it's like Southern cuisine and they charge $20 for a plate of grits. And I'm like, no, this is poor people food. You need to like, why are we charging $20 for a plate of grits? This is crazy. <laughs> um, but yes, like everyone should try grits. If you haven't tried grits and you don't want the instant ones, just they're not hard to make. Just get regular grits, add some butter, add some cheese. You can add whatever you want. They're amazing. Yeah, they're really a blank slate for a lot of things. They really are. Yeah. And they're so, they're so tasty. Okay, but so do you guys like your grits a little more firm, gelatiny, or do you like your grits runny? <laughs> Ooh. I personally like mine runny. I think it depends on the, like how what we're eating them with. So like, oh, that's hard because if you put egg, like you're doing like runny eggs, and it's too runny, then it just turns into soup. Mm-hmm. But if we're eating it, like my husband will make them, and we'll eat them with fish. You want them a little more, you know, a little more runny. Yeah. So I um, previous to working for Planty, I worked for Cajun Creole restaurant here for seven years, and I had to explain grits to people a lot. And I also got a lot of people who are from the South who would be like, I can't believe that you guys let people put sugar or maple syrup in their grits. Like that should not be allowed. No. <laughs> savory, savory grits only. Yeah. Yeah. Grits aren't meant to be sweet. <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, uh, maybe like if I can consider myself a Westerner or whatever, you know, we're used to eating like a sweet oatmeal or something. You like oatmeal with like raisins and like brown sugar or something like that. I think that a lot of people who are not experienced, have not experienced like Southern grits, they just think, oh, I'll just make it like I made my oatmeal. Oh, now, if you're Riley, 
if you're Riley, Riley also eats her oatmeal as a savory, savory. dish. Oh, that's funny. No, I no. That's where we differ because I need like mine turns into a dessert bowl. <laughs> like not really. It's not even a hearty breakfast by the time I'm adding all my toppings and my sugar and it, it's dessert for breakfast. Well, let me explain. So the same reason that people would not know why or like what grits are or how you should have them. Like, should they be sweet? Are they savory? When I didn't eat grits growing up ever. I'm sorry. So sorry. I did not eat oatmeal growing up ever. So when I, because my husband's a big fan, I was like, okay, I'm going to give these oatmeal, this oatmeal thing a try. I just made it the way I like things, which is more savory. So no, I like savory oatmeal too. So it's weird. I have, that is, <laughs> that's hilarious. You need to write that recipe down and the I story do. as to why you are the only person who eats savory oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> the only one in the world. That's it. Just wipe the slate. I'm the only one. <laughs> like you, you might be onto something. It's kind of like the bacon on the peanut butter sandwich that people are like, it's weird, but it's actually very good. And you think, no, thank you. And then you do it and you're like, you know, it's weird, but it's actually very good. Maybe that's your savory oatmeal. <laughs> It is. I'll make it for everyone. It's really yeah, great. There you go. <laughs> so I loved what you said earlier about the recipes that were on your guys's blog. And just you said that they're not, you know, recipes that were professionally created or made in some professional kitchen. They're just the recipes from the people who enter their recipes into your website. And it made me kind of like you saying that made me think about a couple of years ago with Plan to Eat. During the holidays, we did um, like a cookie exchange, a virtual cookie exchange. And so our customers sent us their cookie recipes. We put them into an account on the website so people could connect with them. And there are so many cookie recipes in the, uh, that account that have basically zero instruction. Like it's just the old way of, you know, like your grandma or your great grandma, they just knew how to make the recipe. They didn't need the directions. And so like literally the directions would be like mix the ingredients, bake for eight minutes. You're like... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and so Thanks. I can just imagine there are quite a few recipes like that that you guys have too, that it's just there was this old knowledge about cooking and baking that, you know, they didn't need a, a recipe that had 15 different steps. They just knew how to do everything. That is so true. And you can, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to say this and I can't like back it up with any true facts, but I swear you could date a recipe based off the number of directions in the <laughs> recipe. Um, because you're right. There's something to, you know, older recipes and, and, and let's be, let's, let's just be honest. Most of the time the cooking was done by women and this knowledge was just passed down and they knew like you mix the wet ingredients first and then you add the dry. Like I didn't even know that. So it's interesting because sometimes, you know, I'm all for like leaving it exactly how grandma wrote it until grandma didn't write anything. And then I'm like, okay, parentheses. Here's how all of us who are <laughs> and brand new to the kitchen, here's how we make it. Because you're right, it'll just be a list of ingredients that be like, mix well, bake at 350. You're like, oh, if anyone's ever seen the Great British Baking Show where they give them like the list of directions and they purposely leave out like half of them, that's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and go. Um, and so it is interesting. We do have to like write into the, to, when, when someone submits one, we have to say, we do have to ask questions often. It's like, hey, uh, and, and it's okay because they're not professionally trained and they don't even realize it. They're like, yeah, that's just how you do it. And it's like, well, I didn't know that neither anyone else. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, so it's like, hey, 
exactly what order would you like these ingredients in or things like that. And then it's really interesting. You can always tell you guys understand this. I don't. Uh, I get tickled to death. You know when someone's from Colorado because there's the high altitude instructions. Or it'll yeah. be like, this is for high altitude only. Like, they don't provide it to anyone else. Like, that's a very small subsection of people <laughs> who can use this. It's not, though. It's not a small <laughs> subsection. <laughs> <laughs> this really just backs up the importance of preserving family recipes, I think, because everything we're talking about feels like a lost art in some ways. Mm. And I just, I, if we don't write these recipes down, we, we've everything's gotten convenient and everything has gotten pre-done for us. And I think that we, there's this element of like, we have to write them down. We have to pass them down. Or this special way of cooking that our ancestors did, <laughs> we're going to lose it. Um, and I think we've lost it in some ways. And I think that um, it's something that kind of comes up on the podcast a lot when we talk to people, you know, buying a whole chicken and processing it yourself. Your grandma probably had a chicken in her yard and she got it and processed the whole process. Um, right. But, you know, when I get a chicken, I'm always thinking I maybe I should call my mom, <laughs> just ask her for some tips. Um, I, that's a, a little bit of a joke because I, I have I've learned a lot, but I still call my mom all the time to ask her how to do something or. You know, my, one of my grandmothers, the pound cake I was talking about, the original recipe for the frosting calls for oleo. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the recipe. It's in my grandmother's handwriting. It's beautiful. And I know now that that's butter. Um, but I used to have to call my mom and like, remind me, what's this? What is this ingredient? Not only is it important to write them down, but I think it's important to create these dishes. Um, oh, yeah. Because the, the first step is, you know, writing it down and having it. But like you said, like there is something to recreating these dishes and, and celebrating them. And I mean, I, I do, I will purposely call my mom rather, you could probably Google your way through anything, but there's something great of being able to pick up the phone and call your mom and say like, mom, what is this? And it starts this conversation and it's like a great way to connect. Yeah. Um, we love to connect over food, especially, you know, you and I are talking, we're both originally from Alabama. We both live in states that are very different now. Um, and so just because of the way the world is, like we're further apart. And so it's really great when you get to reconnect and talk on the phone and talk about these things. And it's, it's, I've come to realize it's such a common theme for recipes to be something that just keeps bringing us back together. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, when you grew up in the South, you had Sunday dinner, you were always at the table. We don't have that anymore, but I catch myself on the phone with my mom on Sundays often when I'm recreating a meal. And so in some weird way, a recipe has yet again brought the family back to the dinner table, whether it be virtually, whether it be in that presence. Um, and so it's kind of a magical thing. And it's magical. And then we get to talk about grandmother, our great grandmother, all those things. So it, it it's beautiful. I love that. That makes me, I, um, this year I was in charge of making our pumpkin pie. We have pumpkin pie, not pecan, not pecan pie. I almost said pecan. Okay, I'm really sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I was in charge of making the pumpkin pie. And, you know, I was following the directions for the recipe that I had. But I still called my mom to be like, but wait, mom, do you do it differently than this? Because sometimes you even if your mom gives you her recipe or grandma's recipe or whatever, there's still sometimes where they're like, yeah, what's well, written down that way, but we don't do it like that. <laughs> So I, I don't know why, but but I do love that you brought that up, that it is recipes and food are just a great chance, even if you're not in person, 
with the people who, you know, like brought you these recipes, that there's still a great opportunity to reconnect and um, an excuse to pick up the phone. Because I think often we just, you know, our lives get busy and we let things go. So it, I love that. It is. I agree. I love that you that you made the pumpkin pie. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that you called your mom. Like, I'm sure she loved that. And yeah, like it, it is so great. And it will, you're good. Recipes allow us to relive things. I remember during COVID, we yeah. were in Atlanta and we Mobile has Mardi Gras. That's a big thing. We always fall. We'd always go home for Mardi Gras. And I just had my first daughter. And I was devastated that we weren't getting to go home for Mardi Gras. It felt very unnatural. Mm. Uh, and my daughter had not met anyone. Like she met the grandparents and that was it. And so I do remember my husband made, my best friend sent up, sent up uh, king cake and my husband made jambalaya. And my daughter was nine months at the time. And so she was getting to eat solids. And uh, I remember feeding it to her. And I remember crying. I remember I was so overwhelmed with emotion because although I wasn't where I felt like I should have been, although, you know, these just life kind of happened and we weren't getting to do what I wanted to, I was getting to share that with her. I was getting to keep that spirit of Mardi Gras alive in a different city. It was, it was great. It was great to chat with family. And then like next thing you know, we're on the phone with everyone. Now you have FaceTime, which is fabulous. It was like, look, it's Anne-Marie and she's eating her first bite of jambalaya. And of course, you like end up FaceTiming every single person. This kid's like, this is not my first bite. Like you've been called 20 people. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good. Yes. Man, I feel like a broken record. I say this a lot too, but it's just food has this way of just taking you back to a place. and. It just brings up so much nostalgia and feelings. And I mean, when you were just talking right then, I just like you could just it brings up so much emotion in me um, to just think about, you know, I mean, just going back to the pound cake, like when I get to make that again or have that again, it takes me right back to my grandmother's kitchen in the house that I basically grew up in. Um, And even if it doesn't taste exactly the same, my mind goes right there because that's Mm. it. That's just it feels like home, you know, Uh, and food has kind of this way of bringing us back to that. Um, which is really unique. It is. I think it's the smells. Like it's something to do with all those ingredients that it gets you. And, um, you know, the older you get, I, I, I think you get almost choked up when you have a meal that feels nostalgic. Like you, that first bite, you get so overwhelmed with the emotion that, you know, it's sad, but you definitely have like a, it takes you back in a, in, in a way that you weren't expecting sometimes. It just it has a way of catching you at, at a different moment each time and you're just brought back, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't want to take up your whole day, Christina, but we appreciate you being here. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can connect with Create My Cookbook? Absolutely. Um, you know, accounts are free to create. Uh, just create a cookbook at createmycookbook.com. If you have any questions, um, you can reach out to support at createmycookbook.com. We'll be happy to answer them. Wonderful. We also like to end our episodes talking a little bit more about recipes, even though we talked a little bit about it. Uh, already, but we like to talk about a recent recipe or recent meal that you've had that you really loved and you want to talk about and share with our audience. Oh, okay. Hmm. We've already talked about pecan pie, which is on my mind because I have all the ingredients on my counter in there. And we talked about the jumpman. All my favorite ones I feel like I've talked about. Let me think about this. Okay. <laughs> no, I have it. I have it. <laughs> so, man, they're all about baking right now. It's just that season. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely one of my favorite recipes right now is the is a, a, a macadamia nut cookie that is just heavenly. 
and also really fun to make with my daughter. So it's not a recipe that was actually passed down to me. It's one that I've just like researched, but it's kind of become my own. Um, and what's really fun about it is just, it's kind of the first recipe that I'm making with my daughter that's ours. And she and I are making this recipe. We've made it like three times in the last month. And it's just fun because I feel like it's our memory and it's something that she and I are connecting. And I feel like I get to be the mom now and I get to be that the mom in the author line. Yeah. So I'm really oh. loving that recipe. Well, that's beautiful. I love that. That's That makes me really happy that you guys are getting to share that memory. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Christina. We loved having you on the show and we cannot wait to share Create My Cookbook with our audience and just share this fun nostalgic chat about recipes with them thank you so much we hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did please share it with someone and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts